The History with Jackson podcast. Hello and welcome to the History with Jackson podcast and welcome to the Catherine of Aragon Festival special series in partnership with Peterborough Cathedral and Peterborough Museum. Now this special series is looking and covering the Catherine of Aragon Festival. We will be speaking to some of the historians who are giving Tudor-focused talks and tours around Peterborough and Peterborough Cathedral. We'll also be speaking to some of the amazing living historians who are reenacting parts of Catherine's life. This festival commemorates Catherine's amazing life from the 25th to the 29th of January 2024. And if you hear any part of this festival coverage, do try and get down to Peterborough Cathedral to experience some of the events that we are covering. All the information for the events will be in the description below. And without further ado, let's get into this episode of the Catherine of Aragon Festival Special Series. So in this episode, I'm speaking to some of the costume performers from the Regal Rose Historical Betrayal Company. Now, these guys are absolutely fantastic. Do please bear in mind, whilst you are listening to this episode, that this was filmed and recorded in a busy cathedral where there was children and people interacting with other performers whilst we were recording. But sit back and listen to their fantastic stories about historical portrayal and their characters. So hello and welcome back to the History of Jackson podcast. Today we are joined by Libby McInnes from Regal Rose. How are you doing, Libby? Uh, very well, thank you. Having a wonderful day. There's lots of visitors and lots of great interaction. Oh, it's been a fantastic festival. And I think today has been one of the most fun days of the festival. But what have you been doing with Regal Rose today? So we here at Regal Rose are here to portray Catherine of Aragon and her court. So we have Catherine of Aragon herself. We've got a young Princess Mary, Henry, of course. We oh, couldn't be without you can't Henry. Not. Um, and and we're all the rest of us are portraying various uh, ladies in waiting to Catherine of Aragon's court throughout her time uh, as queen. So it's quite an honour to do so. Oh, it's definitely an honour to be surrounded by the Tudor court. Now, why is it important to teach Tudor history and living history in this way? Uh, I think I think it's much more interactive um, to see the reaction from children uh, when they see us wearing authentic um, Tudor clothing is, is wonderful uh, and it really inspires them and, and we get asked some, some wonderful questions and I think they can, they can seeing us dressed in this manner they can really um, get, it, it sort of brings them back in time in a sense if that makes sense um, so it's it's quite special to do that um, and, and they really feel that we're these wonderful characters I think just having seen some of the the lads outside talking to Henry VIII the joy in their face was just something to behold and you know I kind of miss that as a kid myself <laughs> so which character which member of the Tudor court are you so I'm playing a, a character called Maud Green uh, who was Catherine Parr's mother. Um, so uh, there was there's a connection there, of course. I have my daughter here as well, uh, in, in character, of course. Um, so, uh, so that's who I'm portraying today. And how did you come to the decision to play Maud Green? How did you create the character that you are today? So, uh, 
Um, we, we do, we've done a lot of research in terms of the characters that were around at Catherine of Aragon, in Catherine of Aragon's court. And uh, when we're not portraying Catherine of, Ar Catherine of Aragon's court, my apologies, um, we often portray the queens. Uh, and I often portray Catherine Parr. Okay. So it kind of seemed like a natural link, really. So um, I thought uh, that would be the perfect character for me. That is, that is, I think that's a really nice link and a really nice way to bring another character to life and already use the research that you currently have. Absolutely, absolutely. So what has been the most fun or interesting question a child has asked you when you've been doing oh, gosh. this character um, or any other character you have? We've had all sorts of questions, um, a, 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 quite an array as you can probably imagine. Oh, I, can imagine. Um, I, I know, <laughs> I know uh, one child in particular asked me um, if I really, really had been alive in the Tudor time because I was very knowledgeable according to them <laughs> about the Tudors, um, which was quite interesting. <laughs> ah. um, but as I say, we get all sorts of questions. I'd have to have a think about which one would be the most interesting because we get such a huge array um, from from where do the gowns come from and who makes them and um, is that what they really wore and, uh, and, and such. So uh, lots and lots of questions. No, I can imagine and having worked with children a lot, I can imagine some of them are incredibly weird and wonderful <laughs> but yes. what what is your favorite part about being a living historian um i think it is seeing the children children well, and I, I shouldn't say just children it's <laughs> adults as well um to see their reactions is just very magical um and and to see them engaging with us and and to see that 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 we would bring it to life in this really interesting way um, that, that's quite special and quite unique. You know, there's not, it's not often you can walk into a venue no. and see a full Tudor court in action. Um, so to see those faces um, and, and the, the excitement that it brings is really special. Now, obviously, you do this with a, a group. You've got a fabulous court across here at, at Peterborough Cathedral. Where else do you and what else do you do with Regal Rose? Well, we do, we do events across the country in various venues. As I mentioned previously, we, we often portray the queens of Henry VIII and the king, which is quite interesting because they would never have stood together in no, a room, not. of course. <laughs> um, but it does give us an opportunity to talk about their different characters. Um, so we venture in all, to all sorts of places, manor houses, castles uh, and cathedrals, such as this wonderful cathedral. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Libby. I've really appreciated you giving up your time to come and talk to me as both Libby from Regal Rose and then your character as well. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Very welcome. So, hello and welcome back to the History with Jackson podcast. Today we are joined by Elaine or our amazing Catherine of Aragon. How are you doing, Elaine? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here at Peterborough Cathedral today to celebrate the life of Catherine of Aragon. I'm so glad that you're here as Catherine to, to celebrate Catherine. Now, I think we've just been talking about it off camera. Yes. I want to talk about this amazing outfit that you have here. How did you come across to create this outfit and, and become Catherine? Well, I looked into joining an historical reenactment group and the lady I went to at the time said, if you can purchase a gown, historically accurate, from a recommended his historical costumier, uh, Gina Clark, then we would love to have you. So I did, I paid a visit to Gina and we looked at designs and she measured me up and the rest is history. Um, as they say, <laughs> and um, yes, it, it weighs a lot. It's historically accurate as much as we can get it. The layers are the layers that you would expect at the time. We have a shift, then we go up to the petticoat, then we have the kirtle, the overgown, the placard, and all of the jewels that then adorn that. And then we have the separate sleeves that lace inside okay. the overgown. So people would have changed certain elements of their gown to bring a different color, 
bring a different look to it. So the things were interchangeable even then. So it's quite nice that they can change their outfit for whatever setting they're in or, or weather. Do they have different outfits for different weathers, different temperatures? Well, we might have worn a partlet, which is a small, um, very small piece of fabric that would go over the back, over the front and fix in front here. So the front of your chest, the decolletage would be covered. So it wouldn't be so cold. We may have worn capes as well. Furs, of course. So furs would have kept us warm. You can't, you can't, you can't go against a good fur. <laughs> no, no, that, that's true. So we would have worn those, and then in the summer, we we would wear lighter fabrics. So the, these gowns are very heavy. There's a lot to them, and the structure. They, we don't need too much underneath them. Like some uh, reenactors may wear farthingales that Cat Queen Catherine brought over from Spain, but the gowns are so structured they don't always need those. So it's a personal yeah. choice thing, really. No, it definitely looks yes. absolutely, and you look so comfortable in it Do as I? well. Yes, oh, you, you look every every inch a queen. <laughs> well, you're so. very kind. Thank you. I, yeah, I mean it's magnificent, and it does give you a taste of how it might have been. And I don't know if my um, my friends have told you that the Queen's ladies in waiting would have had ladies in waiting too, because their gowns. Well, they may not have been quite as ornate or jewelled as the monarch, the monarch's wife, then... Um, you need help, don't you? Yes, you need <laughs> help indeed. Definitely need help. And they would have had ladies-in-waiting to help them because there's a certain lack of mobility. When you have your overgown on, you, that, there's very little range of movement with your arms, which may explain why a lot of the arts that they partook were um, limited to... I think if uh, were limited to, to stitching and various other and playing musical instruments but I think when the ladies wanted to do archery they'd have different uh, elements of costume for that that was much easier to move. It's, it's so fascinating to get that insight in the movement and the restrictions of these outfits. Now obviously you're playing Catherine, what yes, is your favourite part and favourite thing about Catherine of Aragon? Oh, there's so many aren't there? I love the fact that she was groomed from, well, so much, groomed from such a young age to come to this country. She saw her future here. She saw her future being a Queen of England, um, loving the people here, loving her king. As, as we knew, you know, it didn't quite transpire as it was planned. Um, but her devotion, I think, her devotion to her people, devotion to the king and, and uh, the Lady Mary, later to become the, the Queen Mary. So she never gave up, she was stalwart, she was firm in her faith and would not back down for various reasons. I mean, she loved the king, she was con considered to be married to him till death because that's the vow she took in, in, in the church. And also, of course, it may have effectively disinherited her daughter had, she, had the marriage been annulled. So I think her constancy oh. and how she supported people. I think that's, that's a brilliant answer. For, for Catherine, I think we all we all here at Peaceborough love Catherine anyway. We're all on first name basis with her. I'm sure you are as oh, well. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm so honoured to have been asked to portray Catherine. Sometimes can't quite believe it myself, and it's just lovely to interact with the people that come in, the youngsters who are exploring history, the older people that maybe don't always get a platform to talk about history, um, and now they can geek out using a modern term amongst people that they are comfortable with. So it's really lovely and a real privilege and, to, and to, to work alongside people that love history as much as I do, it's a real gift, you know. Well, that, that is absolutely amazing. So thank you very much for coming You're on the podcast. Welcome. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, thank you.
Okay, so hello and welcome back to the History of Jackson podcast. Today, we're carrying on our work with Regal Rose by talking to Satu. How are you doing, Satu? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very privileged to be here. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm very privileged to have you on the podcast. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so what are you doing today here at Peterborough Cathedral? So today we are uh, attending in Catherine of Aragon Festival, so celebrating Catherine of Aragon's life, who was Spanish queen, uh, wife of Henry VIII. And Peterborough, she's buried actually here, and uh, Peterborough honour her and make this festival. I think it's going on quite a lot of years, I yes. think you know yeah. better than me. And uh, I am a member of a group, group called Regal Rose Historical Portrayal. And we portrayed uh, Tudor times, and sometimes we portrayed uh, other periods as well. But today we are here portraying Catherine of Aragon's court. It's great to be surrounded by Catherine's court and learn about Catherine's court a little bit more. How did you get interested in the Tudors? Well, it was actually quite an uh, accident. I always love history, oh. and my passion is English history, surprisingly. Oh, I it's the best kind. <laughs> it is, absolutely. I come from Finland, and I think English history is the best. And I'm always interested when we study at school in English history, the late 15th century and early 16th century is the best one, I always found. Oh. And then my friend invited me to join other group and I kind of thought like, oh, I'm going to try that. <laughs> Maybe I like to be playing sometimes queen, sometimes ladies in waiting and I absolutely loved it. Never turned back. Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't turn back. <laughs> So you've got a character today. Who is your character? Uh, today my character is the Maria de Salinas, who was lady-in-waiting and very good friend of Catherine of Aragon. She came with Catherine of Aragon from Spain when Catherine was marrying the Archer, the Henry VIII and Elizabeth your first-born son. And uh, uh, Maria uh, followed Catherine and stayed Catherine till the marriage with Henry was annulled. And she wanted to stay with Catherine because she was very loyal to Catherine. But obviously Henry said, like, no, she's not any more keen of England. You have to go away. So I, I then married a baron, William Villopi, and I came baroness. So I kind of did quite well. Yeah, <laughs> no, she's done very, very well <laughs> very out of the move. So how did you decide upon and create this outfit for Maria? Uh, actually, I bought this because I have to unfortunately say I haven't made this myself. Oh, oh you put it together though. <laughs> I put it together. I like how do you say yeah. it. I put it together. So I decided, like, I looked at the portrait of Catherine of Aragon. I don't think I have ever seen portraits of Maria de Salinas. Even okay. She's quite a famous kind of important figure, I would say. But sometimes those interesting figures kind of are overshadowed with the kings and queens. So sometimes I'm just like, you have to look like what the, maybe Catherine would wear, uh, Maria would wear in something similar. Yeah. Quite often Catherine is seen like dark colours, so I think this would be suitable for Maria. <laughs> or sticking in within the same fashions, exactly. the same Aragonese fashions that exactly. Catherine would have brought to the UK. Absolutely. A little oh. bit less jewellery. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favourite thing about Maria? Maria, I think the favourite thing, Maria, is her loyalty to Catherine. That's absolutely. When, when Catherine was, uh, they knew she was kind of dying, so Maria then wanted to see her last time. And she kind of waited the official permission, and she just didn't wait that. And she stormed to the room where Catherine was <laughs> held in Kimbolda Castle, and Catherine died two, year, two days later on her arms. Oh. I think that shows how loyal she was, that loyalty I love. And that definitely fits with Catherine's own motto of Absolutely. humble and loyal. I love that. So I love that very much. too, very much, yes. <laughs> so what's your favourite thing about historical portrayal? Oh, there's so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have to say when we are here, you can get the, oh. this, I think, this amazing place like Peterborough Cathedral. 
that's one of the things. And wearing this fantastic costume. Oh, it is stunning. It Thank is you. stunning. Thank <laughs> you very much. And also, I love like research people. I love history, I could say it. I love to do research and find out how the people lived on their time and how they felt and all the tragic and love and all that. Learn different people. Yeah. There's a lot. It's hard to say one thing. No, There's no, I so completely many. understand. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, well, thank you very much for coming on Saturday. We appreciate it. Thank you it. very much for inviting us. Oh, no worries at all. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the History of Jackson podcast. Today we are joined by Derek or Henry VIII. How Henry are you, Derek? Day. Yes, hello. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast and, and talk about... Very nice to be here. Yeah, so you are very clearly Henry VIII. Um, yes. How, how did that come to, to be? Um, it was quite strange, really. Um, I do a lot of um, volunteering work at a place called um, Harvington Hall, which is near Kidderminster. And it's, the, it's an Elizabethan house that has seven priest heights. And it's the house that is deemed to be the most priest heights left in one house anywhere in the country. They also have the second largest priest height. And I was actually there as a visitor one day and got talking to uh, uh, Phil Downing, who was the, the um, manager of Harvington Hall. And he said to me, have you ever considered doing some volunteering, you know, some guiding and stuff. Well, I had done guiding in the past. Um, I was a policeman, and as an ex-policeman, um, when I retired, I did a little work at, at the Black Country Museum as their PC-49 or whatever it was, um, just to cover a friend of mine who had the position. And I quite enjoyed it. So it was it's lovely work, and... It's volunteering work and there's no pressure on it. So I said, yes, I wouldn't mind. So I joined them as volunteers. And uh, Libby, who runs the Regal Roses, um, happened to be also a volunteer at Harvington from time to time. And she was in a bit of a pickle one day because she actually said, um, we have lost our Henry VIII and we have bookings for this year and we don't have a Henry VIII. And I happened to be there with one of my friends and one of my friends said, well, what about the guy at the counter? You know, he's very Henrikian. <laughs> and she went, oh, do you think he would do it? And of course, I, could, I was overhearing the conversation. I said, well, you know, I can't speak for myself. <laughs> um, so um, one of the ladies that works at Harvington said, I can make you a costume if you want. Oh, wow. So she made me the costume. And the rest, they say, is history, because uh, I went along to uh, Sully Manor as the first yeah. time that I ever did it, and it was such a huge success, I've never really looked back. So I came to do the Catherine of Aragon Festival last year, um, and my thought was that maybe the Catherine of Aragon Festival would have required a younger Henry. Um, and I spoke to Chris Dallister, yeah. And he said, we really would like the Henry that everybody recognises, i.e. The, the Holbein Henry, you know, the, the, the famous The portrait. Henry, yeah. yes. Um, so I said, oh, OK, fair enough. I'm quite happy to come along and do it. And I had such a wonderful time last year. I mean, it, it's a most stunning cathedral. Oh. 
And yeah. some of the photographs, and one of the photographs that you have on the book at the front there, of course, is, is our wonderful Catherine of Aragon and myself standing in front of the cathedral with that wonderful sky in the background. Um, and I just fell in love with the place and was introduced to some things that were so wonderful. I'd done uh, Worcester Cathedral and had been privileged to stand at uh, Arthur's tomb. Oh, wow. Who was Catherine's first husband, of course. Um, and when I came here, I was shown up on the wall at the back of the cathedral the effigies of Arthur and Catherine. And it, it's amazing because I've told a few people this year about it and they were not aware. You know, they live in Peterborough and weren't aware that it was there. And it's a wonderful thing to have this coming together of the different places and giving you the sense of history being, you know, all these ties being pulled in to the same thing in history. And I absolutely love doing Henry. It's, it's just one of those things that I, I felt I was probably bored to do yeah. at some well, point. We can see the, the love and the passion we have for the role. And, and, and same with this cathedral, you know, yeah. combining the Norman, the Gothic architecture yeah. with Tudor mo uh, motifs is... Yeah. It's fascinating. It, 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 I, I said to Alex when I came in this morning, um, walking up to the cathedral, last year, the first thing was it, it gives your heart a leap. And it did exactly the same again this year. It's, it's absolutely such a beautiful building. It's such a beautiful area of the country. And it's just one of these fantastic places. And of course, to have such history here as well, with Catherine being buried here, you know, and the connection, as we spoke about before, the connection with Mary, Queen of Scots. It, it's absolutely wonderful. And if people have never been here, they really, really should come and visit because it is one of the most fantastic buildings in the country. I think that's one of the best adverts that we could have for Peterborough. Someone who's not from Peterborough saying you should come and visit all of our, oh, our history. You won't regret it, <laughs> seriously. And, and come along. Henry is giving you a, 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 a royal order. You must come along and visit Peterborough Cathedral by royal order. <laughs> so this, this festival is the Catherine of Aragon Festival. So why do you think it's, as Henry, as Derek, why do you think it's important to commemorate Catherine? I think, and, and I have a lot of people ask me the question, who was Henry's favourite wife? And, of course, history would have you believe that Henry's favourite wife was Jane Seymour. She was the one that gave him the son. Um, unfortunately, their marriage was very short-lived, and who knows what would have taken place had that marriage continued. Nobody knows. History doesn't give us the chance to find no, that of out. of course not. But I believe that in 1507, um, after... Catherine and Henry had been promised to each other. This young Henry fell in love with this slightly older woman, uh, and, and I think he fell madly in love with her. And at the age of, of you know, 15, his father tells him, well, you're not going to marry this woman now. We're not going to let that happen. I'm, I'm going to try and find you a more advantageous union. Yeah. But in 1509 when his father dies. The first thing, almost the very first thing that Henry does, 
he marries Catherine. This is love. This is not something that he was expected to do. This is something that he'd been given a get out. But he didn't want to get out of it because I think he genuinely loved Catherine. And they stayed together 24 years. And I think the only thing that caused the breakup was the fact that she hadn't had a son that lived. And she was obviously slightly older than Henry. And I think he, he under the pressure of producing a male heir, he was probably thinking, she's getting a little bit older. Maybe we're not going to have that son. And he was under pressure to produce that. It doesn't forgive him for the way that she was treated by him. But I do think that he would have definitely been Henry's favourite. So not Jane Seymour. That's a lovely answer. Thank you very much. And we've enjoyed having you on the podcast to talk oh, about Henry and Catherine. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you. Now, in this clip, we spoke to Michelle, who is playing the role of Elizabeth Stafford. We spoke to her about who Elizabeth was, the role that Elizabeth played within Tudor society, but we also spoke to her about historical portrayal. Okay. Um, but she was very, very mistreated by her husband, and um, she had a very rough time. Also, her grandfather was executed for treason, so she, you know, she was definitely living in a really rough age. And, um, you know, her husband, she, she wrote lots of letters to Cromwell for help okay. um, because of how mistreated that she was. She was stuck in a marriage where, you know, women couldn't leave their husband at that time, but she soldiered on and, and, and lived a long life while her husband was with his mistress, etc. So I think, you know, she had a good, a really good, you know, for her yeah. time, independent spirit. That's, that's a real strength to go beyond her husband and to go and talk to Cromwell, considering how important Cromwell was for that period. Yes. So do you, do you have a, fun, a strong feeling for um, Elizabeth Stafford? Yes, yeah, I do, yeah. I think, you know, again, to go through it in that time where you couldn't leave your husband, you had no choice. Because she was betrothed to someone else that she really wanted to marry. And then, she, you know, for money and power and politics, she ended up having to marry Thomas, so... You know, Thomas Howard, and you know that's totally oh, different. Yeah, it's really it's really sad to see that or to hear that some of the women in that period just weren't happy, but 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 because of the politics of the time, because of the misogyny of that time, yes. that they're having to endure marriages and love that they don't want and they don't appreciate. Yeah. They were just you know tools, really, weren't they? I mean, uh, if a girl was born, oh, she's somebody we can use as um, you know politically just marry off and get whatever we want whether it be money I mean that was why Elizabeth had to marry him because he wanted her dowry that, that was the only reason you know yeah it's, it's sad to. sad in that period that you see some children some some young girls who get to the age of seven and they've been betrothed, betrothed to one two three people who are often 10 15 years older than them absolutely yeah what's your favorite thing about historical portrayal I think really making people's day, taking them back to the past, because that's what I would love. And when I when I see, you know, even when we get ready, when you see everybody and it, see everything coming together, it just makes you feel that it's the closest you get to really stepping back in time. So I really love that, and I love, you know, making people really wowed by it. You know, it's it's great to hear such a selfless answer answer to that to try and. You know, make up someone else's day and, and make other people enjoy history. Because I know we all love history, but sometimes yeah. the way people teach it at school. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
lots of people go to a cast or see somebody like us and get inspired and you'll see them again a year five years later and they'll you know their parents will say they're absolutely crazy about it now and they've learnt this and they're doing you know so it's lovely to inspire people as well and it's lovely to hear that that transition in their journey from not really being interested in history to absolutely loving it exactly yeah how do you prepare for characters then do you do research yes yeah we do research we sort of learn everything we can and you know some characters there's very little about her whole family and you know you can't you can't go too far into it because then you've got to move on to the next one and so on how do you overcome those difficulties then those difficulties of because it's because it is a historical issue that historical researchers have of not having a lot of information on women Um, how do you overcome that lack of information i think um mostly what you would do is just try and put yourself in their shoes um and and try to think of at that time because you know what was not acceptable today was then um, to some extent but it still must have been difficult so you've got to try and get your mind set as, as people would have lived and felt that's that's a really great way of approaching history so thank you very much for coming on I really appreciate talking to you and you giving some amazing answers into, and insights into Elizabeth's life but also into your love for historical trail. <laughs>